Hey there, and welcome into the pickle jar. My new friend, Imogene, she is 19 years old and she was just diagnosed with primary Addison's disease just a few years ago at the age of 15 in 2020 during COVID via Zoom. And she's gonna share with us her inspiring story today because she is so inspirational because she's 19 years old and she's already learning how to manage this illness. She recognizes that it's going to be a struggle, but she uses the word, I'm doing very well. And it's so important for those newly diagnosed parents of children living with this. And, you know, perhaps you're, you feel like you're struggling with your illness right now and you need some hope and inspiration. Well, I got it here for you today with Imogene. She, she has been so gracious to share her story with us. And before we get to her, I want to mention that um, we connected through her dad, through Facebook. And her parents run Team Addison Can uh, USA. Um, I run Team Addison Canada. Um, and there, there's divisions of Team Addison's all around the world. So if you're wherever you're listening to this, make sure you check them out if there's one in your area. And it's organizations that are really promoting people to live healthy, active lifestyles. They're very positive and inspiring. And it's just bringing that community together even better. It's just another resource for you. And she's... And our guest today has really learned how to use these resources as well to manage her illness. She's learning. She recognizes that it's going to be a struggle, but she also says she's doing very, very well. So some of the things she's learned to do is the importance of nutrition, um, how to manage emotional stress, how to be prepared, and the importance of a, a positive mindset and having her faith. All those things together are helping her thrive at university. She's in Tennessee and doing amazing. Um, so welcome to the pickle jar. I'm so glad that you're here to share your story with us today. So let's um, start. Yes. So how about we start? Um, I know your symptoms, you were diagnosed when you were 15. So about three years ago. So let's go back to when you remember the story starting the journey starting with this. Um, it was January of 2019. I was 14. I got really sick. Um, we didn't know why. I was still in, I was still in middle school. I was an eighth grader, um, and I didn't eat or drink for several days. I had chills. Um, I started throwing up. Um, I was basically sleeping all day. My parents didn't know if I was like in and out of consciousness. Um, I actually don't remember a lot. Um, my parents told me that they were about to take me to the hospital. Um, I started to drink bone broth, which is high in sodium fluids. And I instantly got better. I started waking up more, eating more. Um, and I was able to return to school the next week, but it was very scary. Um, and after that, I had a few months that things were just normal. Um, but in April of 2019, I had, I dealed with a lot of stress um, I had my first breakup. Um, and while looking back at it now, it didn't seem like it was that big at the time. It was, it was a lot. And I got really, really stressed and my body just stopped working, I guess. Um, on the same day I had that workout, I'm a cyclist. And so I went mountain biking to relieve some stress and it added, I guess it added to the stress because three days later, I got muscle cramps in my quads, my calves, um, sometimes my arms, and I couldn't walk very well. Um, we thought it might have been like an electrolyte imbalance from exercise, um, but this lasted 
I lasted almost a year before my diagnosis. Um, we decided to go to the pediatrician in August of 2019, and they did some blood tests, and they determined it was hypothyroidism, which I later found out was actually Hashimoto's. Um, but that didn't alleviate like any of my symptoms. Um, so I was confused. It was, I felt very lonely through this because nobody really understood the pain because it wasn't, it's an invisible illness. You, you can't really see it. Um, and being 14, I would think that'd be very scary. There's something going on with your scary. body and scary for your parents. Like something that, mm -hmm. you know, I think I'm assuming you probably, you think the worst, you don't know what's going on. And, and like you said, if, um, if you experience some of the things like I've heard a lot of people going through the diagnosis, like what we have is, is, um, did you remember having like, you just had that feeling instinctively deep inside of you that something was terribly wrong? Yeah, it, I, I did. I, at first, like when my parents kept saying, oh, it's just like, and I mean, this is not like blaming them like at no. all, no. but I was like having the muscle cramps they're like, it's probably just like delayed onset muscle soreness or electrolyte imbalances, drink more salt. And I was like, no, no, this doesn't feel like a, like a muscle cramp. It feels like my body is like breaking itself down. Cause I, I didn't even get them in my jaws. Like yeah. as I was eating, I get them underneath here. Oh, oh that's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it's the I... worst. So, but, but you're right from a parent's perspective, a doctor's perspective, anything you always go with the, the logical, the most likely, and mm -hmm. you were an athlete. So it, it did make very logical sense that there's probably yeah. a simple solution. We're not going to go to the, you know, the, the 10 in a million chance that she's got a rare illness chance. Right? <laughs> we're yeah, not well, going to drop that far. So people, people get muscle cramps all the time with exercise. Exactly. I was just getting them every day and everywhere. So, and the age that you were at, your, you know, your body was changing quickly. You were growing mm -hmm right? There's a lot going on. So there's a lot of considerations to, to think about. Yeah. Um, well, I was sent to an endocrinologist after the thyroid diagnosis. And I started, um, we, we were seeing the nurse practitioner. And she kept telling us that, oh, it's just your thyroid. It's just your thyroid. And she would up our thyroid medications. Um, she would tell us to like, wait it out, it'll go away. And my mom was a really big advocate for getting us to see the regular, the, the main doctor, mm -hmm. the MD. And um, we finally saw him and he was asking me questions like, do you crave salt? Um, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? And at this point, I was very hypoglycemia, like very hypoglycemic in the morning. I would wake up and I'd go lay down on the couch before breakfast because I just, I felt so shaky and dizzy. Right. Um, and so he's asking me those questions. He eventually looked at my knuckles and they, they are still, <laughs> still darker, <laughs> but um, that is a very like clear sign of Addison's. So he tested for it and it turns out it was positive. I got diagnosed March 13th, 2020, which is when everything shut down, like on the date. <laughs> so it was a very crazy part of life. Um, I'm going to back up a second. In February of 2020. Yeah. I started going to church with my friend. She invited me to church and I ended up finding Jesus and giving my life to him. And I was able to um, have like an outlet somewhere to go um, and bring all my hurt and my pain. And that was really helpful. Um, and then a month later I was diagnosed. It, it was, it was crazy. 
and you know, I think that that's incredible. It just proves things come into your life when you need it. Exactly. And that, you know, and you can see that you can just see the light in your eyes. If you're watching this, (laughs) you can see the light in Imogene, Imogene. No, I'm saying it wrong, right? (laughs) Imogen. Imogen. I'm sorry. Um, Imogen's eyes, like you can just see the brightness and the hope and um, her excitement for life. And, uh, and that's so inspiring to see when you are facing something. So I'll be honest, so scary and so unknown and, and, but you know, you have your faith, you have your family, you have your friends and with that, any, anything is possible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was able, after my diagnosis, like I started the, the hydrocortisone, I was put on like general hydrocortisone and I started like the muscle cramps went away instantly. It was insane. And I was able to bike and I felt normal again um, that season. So the fall season of 2020, I had probably the best mountain bike season of my life, honestly, to this day, because it just felt so amazing to be able to ride again. I ended up getting third in the state um, for my category, um, which was, it was amazing. Um, and then in later 2020, it was about, December, I got a service dog. You can actually train them to smell um, cortisol levels. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, And that was a really big help, especially with being on the medication um, and you have the spikes and then you go low. He was able to smell low. There's a few times he even woke me up like right before I was going, supposed to wake up and take my medicine. He was like, he woke me up because I was low. Um, That was, it's incredible. And and they're life-changing. And you know, and I would love that they were a resource that was more available to us because I really do believe, you know, and I'm not an expert, you know, in anything, but um, what I do know about like type one diabetes and their service dogs, having that early detection in these two illnesses is game changer. If you can prevent a low before it gets too low and we can pull ourselves out of it, it it keeps our body from being exhausted and getting into more stress Mm -hmm. response. And having, some, and I know there's a lot of stories out there. I have dogs that haven't even been, you know, properly trained, seem to pick up on it. So yeah, absolutely. My, it, my border collies at home do the same thing. Right. So it's, if you have an animal and you think they are telling you, you are low, they are, they are right. <laughs> so trust, they are. trust, learn, learn from them. Don't feel it. Even like, if you don't feel it. Usually I find before I feel it, my, my dog would alert me to say, mm-hmm. you know what? I, and then you just learn the look in their eye that they're looking at you like, Hey, go take some pills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, they know. And not, it also is more of like, um, it's stress relieving to have, I mean, not always, <laughs> sometimes it can be really stressful, yes. <laughs> but not, it almost works as both a medical service dog and a therapy dog. Um, because you have that comfort and someone or somebody to, like have that connection with and that's really important um later in 2022 i was put on a slow release um time release medication which is not common in the united states it's actually common in europe um but after being part of those facebook groups my parents were finding out that some people were doing this and you take one pill in the morning and it'll it kind of mimics the natural cortisol levels like the cortisol like release. And so it doesn't, if you're stressing out, your body will burn through it. So you still like, there's a chance you'll still have to updose. It's not like a, 
oh, I'm normal, I'm fixed now, because you're not, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, but it'll slowly, um, slowly release it so that you're not taking those um, pills and it's not spiking your cortisol. So you don't get that rush and then you drop down. It's more steady paced. Um, and I have felt amazing on that. And it's really, it's really good for like working out because when you're exercising, you don't need, it's not like, yeah, it's stressful. Sometimes you do need to updose like for a race, but it's not as imperative as being sick. So I still have to updose for being sick, but when I'm working out, it's a more of a steady line and I'm not dropping really quickly. Um, Um, and a couple things here, I think is so important that, okay, first of all, your parents did research. They didn't stop. They didn't say, you know what? You said you weren't feeling, you know, top notch on the hydrocortisone. So we are looking for better solutions. So you guys are advocating, which is amazing. And you found something that works for you. And I think that's one important thing for this illness is to find what works for you right now. And I want to just take a moment to remind everybody that she is 19 years old and she's already <laughs> talking like a medical doctor. <laughs> the knowledge that is coming out of this girl is absolutely incredible and what I love about it is that you're just like yeah you know what you know I take my meds it works kind of like this this is how it works and you know what I'm still gonna have to updose and that's okay like you can hear the positivity in your words and and I just want to thank you for that before in case I forget because I just think um (laughs) I just think that's so important. You're just like, hey, you know what? These are the facts. This is what I got. This is what I'm dealing with. And if I, I do what I got to do, I'm good to go. Well, I've learned um, that if I have a negative attitude for it, I actually go low more often. So, so <laughs> and you're right. I, and that's a lesson it took me a long time to learn. So um, I'm very grateful that you have learned that already. So emotional emotional stress is is a big deal. And you're right. And if we stress about anything in life, um, that we can't control, it creates more stress. And that's, that's not what absolutely. So, um, you, you already recognize that, you know, out of the few things that you can't control with this illness, there's a whole bunch that you can control to give mm-hmm. you quality of life. So, um, it, it, yeah, it's helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so you've started on this slow release medication. It's helping mm-hmm. huge. Um, so yes. what, what else is kind of going on? Where has that led you from there? Um, I was doing really well um, in cycling f- until up about until the beginning of 2023, um, just like life in general. Mm-hmm. I started road cycling in about February of this past year. I started having heart palpitations and a lot of insomnia and it just it was really confusing. I went and got my blood drawn like we talked to my doctor like, hey, something's not right. And my cortisol levels came back fine. Everything came back fine. So I went and I got an EKG fine. It was very, very weird. Um, so we were still having problems come May. So I got my blood redrawn. And this time my cortisol was at a 30. And my people with Addison's, they know that the normal range for the morning is between 4 and 22, not 30. It was really high, which was weird. And I was also very inflamed. My thyroid was off. Okay. But it was confusing because I hadn't changed anything since February. Um so he, the doctor started lowering my dosage um, pretty slowly and I was being monitored. And by the end of July, I, my dosage went from 25 milligrams to 15. And that's the lowest I've ever been on. Um, I started feeling better initially. Um, but in September, I got a concussion. <laughs> and I'm still kind of feeling the effects of that. Um, again, there's highs and lows to anything. Um, 
And then right after I got cleared from the concussion, I got strep. And I was told by my doctor to updose during the concussion, but I kept saying, oh, I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to updose. And I think that's why I got strep because my body was just run down. Yeah. Um, and then I was put on antibiotics for that. My mom actually drove four hours because um, she's amazing. And I wasn't eating or drinking and I was in bed with 102 fever for over 24 hours. And so she drove up four hours from Georgia to come help me. Um, and she took care of me. I was starting to feel a little bit better. My fever was down. So we went, but I was still having like lymph nodes, um, headaches. We went to the urgent care and I was put on antibiotics. I don't like antibiotics, but it was necessary to get me back pretty quickly because I was missing so much school and so many races. Um, I also did not know you weren't supposed to exercise on antibiotics. Um, so I did that and I had really bad heart palpitations and it just wasn't a good race. Um, and then I finished my antibiotics and like a day later I got hives all the way down my back and all over my arms. And it was just very interesting because I'm, we're, it's most likely from the antibiotic, but like, I mean, it could be anything. Um, but I raced the next weekend and this was actually this past weekend. Okay. Um, I didn't do well. I was having cold symptoms again. <laughs> it's just been like one after the other. And I, I decided to sit out nationals this year because it's just been crazy hectic and my health is more important. Um, and I got my blood drawn actually on Tuesday and I already have the labs back. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it, my cortisol is at a 1.1 now. So it's like, it was at a 30 this past summer. I announced at a 1.1. I don't know. I I mean, I have been waking up every morning pretty nauseous. It's it's very weird. It and you know what? And I think the important thing, you know, what I understand, you know, about blood work, we're just getting, you're just getting a moment in time, right? It was yeah. at that exact moment, but yeah, it sounds like now you're too low, right? But mm -hmm. I think that's part of this illness is that some days we're high, some days we're low, and it, yeah, it's, it's and we're trying to manage that roller coaster as best as we can so that those highs and lows aren't bad. They're going to, like you said before, it's going to happen. You're going to have to updose. You were low. You might have to updose. You've been dealing with it a lot. And it's important, I think, emotionally to recognize what your body's been through in the last month, you know, concussion, mm -hmm. strep, anybody dealing with antibiotics. Yeah. Hives is a, um, you know, a total body response. So your whole body's responding. It's burning cortisol. You kept racing you're going to school. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a lot. Fever, I, right? We, I finally listened and updosed, but. <laughs> right? We don't unfortunately have a gauge yet to know, to get a picture, like a blood, you know, blood sugar monitor or something like that to know exactly what's going on so that we can adjust our hydrocortisone or, you know, whatever steroid we're taking appropriately to deal with the stress that our body's under, which is really unfortunate right now. But hopefully, you know, with all the amazing things that are going on, we will have something like that. <clears throat> very soon. I, yeah. I also want to mention that I also, since I've been back at college, haven't been eating right. Um, <laughs> over the summer, I was eating very well. Um, my mom's home-cooked meals are amazing. Um, and so the, the this last lab, I think the reason why I came back so fast, they took one vial. It was literally testing my thyroid and cortisol. They didn't test inflammation. And I guarantee you I'm inflamed um, after being on antibiotics and sick yeah. and not eating right and not sleeping very well. Um, and so I am actually re-evaluating my diet right now. And I 
it's hard when you're on school food. Um, they have been very accommodating, but it's also not good quality food. So I'm working through that. And the diet is probably the biggest part. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an ever changing battle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. And I know when, when, uh, we had initially talked, you used the phrase, if I don't eat well, I don't feel well. Mm, yeah. That's and, 100% true. And, you know, if there's anything, you know, I think anyone with any illness, um, if you don't eat well, you don't feel well, our bodies, we need to recognize how hard our bodies are working for us and it needs good nutrition. The best nutrition we can, we're still human. Like you said, you're going through a change in life. Things are crazy. You've been sick. You know, we're, we're allowed to make mistakes and we're going to make mistakes. But the important thing is, like you said, it sound, you can tell you've learned from the last month. You need to eat yes, better. Yeah. You need to, you know, listen to your body. You've learned you're, you're taking a step back from nationals, which I'm sure was probably, you know, a hard decision to make, but, yeah. but <laughs> But it's life, life is about hard decisions. And like you said, your health and your safety is more important. Um, when, when you were doing your races, what kind of things were you guys doing to be prepared in the event that, you know, something happened that you went into? Because I don't think you've had an adrenal crisis yet, right? Um, not since I've been diagnosed, at least. Right. Um, I've been very close to it. Um, the service dog has helped with that. Um, my parents have helped with that. Um, but I have not actually been in a crisis, which is... I'm very blessed to not have gone through that yet. Um, it's probably evident um, that it will happen eventually, um, especially as I get older. But at every race, since I do a non-biking is considered an extreme sport. And so there's a lot of risk with it, um, especially with crashing. Um, I got a concussion recently. <laughs> but we let um, the EMS, we let my coaches know. Um, we let anybody who is like on my team and is around me constantly know that I have a cortisol injection um, so that if I am unconscious, I need that within like 30 minutes or I risk dying. Um, so they're very aware of how to use it. We show them how, how to use it, um, what, what signs to look for, what symptoms to look for, that kind of thing. And um, it's better to be safe than sorry. I've never had a situation, but I could. I definitely could, especially like going over like a rock garden and hitting my head and getting knocked out kind of thing. Well, even if, if people haven't had a chance to listen to a, a recent episode with Jaron from Utah, he's a mountain biker as well. And before he was diagnosed, um, when he was going through not knowing what, what was going on and, and having blood pressure issues and stuff, he was going downhill and passed out and fell off of his bike and hit a tree. <laughs> so it's so scary, right? So yes, very high risk and you need to be extremely prepared. Um, but again, you're just proof that, you know, and you, and like I say, you can hear the confidence in your voice. You're like, yeah, you know what, if I don't get the injection within 30 minutes, I might die. Make sure you give it to me. Right. So, but if you're prepared, you can have that confidence and you know that the people are around you are going, and you know, if you get that injection, it is going to save your life. It is, it's going to be there for you. It's not, you know, it's not really, you know, overly complicated kind of thing. So um, how important it is that people have that injection and be prepared just in case. Yeah. And I've, I've made some really good friends with this, like the communities on Facebook. Um, I've actually met some people in my area. I've met people at, um, mountain bike races who have these issues and their stories are incredible. Everyone's stories are unique. And I think there's something to learn from everybody. Um, 
And that community is very special. And it's what makes, even though having Addison's disease is terrifying, um, it's bitter, it's bittersweet. Like I, I struggle with these, but I also have this amazing community. I struggle with this, these issues, but I can also touch so many lives. And I think that is the most important. And I think that's why I was given this, these issues. Um, so in a way it's very beautiful and I'm, I'm, ha I'm not necessarily happy to have it, but since I do have it, I'm going to use it to my advantage to help other people. Um, so I think that's really important. That is extremely important. And you gave me chills as you say, said those words and, and yes. And, and again, from us speaking before, another quote that I took away from you was you use the words, it's beautiful in its own way. Mm -hmm. I think everything in life is beautiful in its own, in its own way, but you just have to choose to see it that way. Exactly. I think point of view is everything, everything. So, so what, what's looking forward to you right now? What's going on with you right now in school and your, um, your diet, your, I'm playing catch up on school right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have made some amazing friends through this. Um, actually my sweet mate's a nursing major and, um, she's one of my best friends. Um, and when I was sick before my mom came up here, she took care of me. Um, and there, there's so many people in my life. Like I know who my true friends are because I've been sick. Um, like the people who are not my true friends, they, as soon as I get sick, they forget about me. They, they don't check in on me. They don't come and see me, but those who are my true friends, they're like right next to me at every, every point. And it's amazing. And I am very blessed with that because I'd rather be surrounded by people who actually care about me. And I know they care about me, um, which in my opinion, even though I've lost people through this, it's still my favorite part. Um, going forward, I'm, I'm going to talk to my doctor about my whole cortisol right now. It is, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to ask questions about it throughout my life. I'm going to learn new things and I'm always going to be confused um, because the endocrine it's system okay. is very, it's very complicated. And I have, I, I've accepted that. Um, so I'll, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to figure it out. And I'm, my coach and I are, I've taken a whole week off the bike um, just to like evaluate my health. And my coach and I are going to start like easing back into it, um, getting my diet right. I'm going to start sleeping more. Um, but I mean, it is college. <laughs> so it is hard to do that. It's yeah. hard to keep a lifestyle that you typically don't start until once you have settled down into a career. Um, I can't party. I, I just can't. <laughs> um, and honestly, that is okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm learning things sooner than other people are, but I'm also learning different things. And I have learned that everyone experiences life a little bit differently. Everyone has different perspectives. And I feel like I have through this, I've become like even more empathetic for other people. So people who are experiencing other chronic illnesses, not just Addison's disease, I'm able to relate with them a little bit better the, with like the fatigue and um, people kind of like, like people generally saying, oh, but you look fine kind of thing. Um, I've gotten a lot of that recently, <laughs> even for my own team, um, which is frustrating. But I know that it's not necessarily their fault. They just don't understand. Right. Um, and that's the whole point of uh, like things like this is we're trying to like even we're inspiring people with Addison's disease. But in addition, people who are listening, who are they, they don't know anything about this. They're able to better understand um, if their friend has it or a loved one or even like a stranger. Um, so I think these are, this is really important. And that's the whole thing with the team Addison um, 
that my parents are running. Um, that is the whole point is to bring a, not just awareness, but understanding. And, and you know what, and I think, you know, like you said, when we look so well, we, we work so hard to be well and to manage our illnesses, we make that invisible illness even more invisible, which mm -hmm. I've really changed my mindset lately, trying to take that as a compliment. You know, when people yeah. say, oh, you don't, you know, what do you mean you need routine and you need to do this and you need this type of schedule to, but you seem fine. Well, I seem fine because I do these things and, you know, and again, it's like anything in life. There's going to be people that understand that and be like, wow, you work really hard. Look at you. You you're doing amazing. And I know how hard that was work. And there's just people that they're just, they're not going to understand because how can you understand something you've never experienced as well? Right. So, exactly. um, and I think our job is to just, you know what, we want empathy from them. We have to give them empathy as well because they're all on their own journeys and their own experiences in life. And, you know, we have an opportunity to educate them, not only about our illness and what we manage, but it's also going to make them understand people with other rare illnesses. We're not the only people with rare illnesses and live with invisible. No, you're not. Right. So, I think there's, yeah. I forget what the stats are. I think it's like when you put all the rare illnesses together, we're more than the illnesses, right? Like we're, it's like 700 million of us or something, right? So, so there's, there's a lot of us that are, are every day living with these things and the same obstacles and everything. And I think it's great that, you know, you've mentioned so many amazing things. Like, you know, you obviously, you've put that, I believe in positive energy and you've put that out there and, and you have a medical team and, and you, you are getting surrounded by those people that are supporting your vision in your life. Um, and you guys advocate and you mentioned numerous times, like your doctor worked with you. First of all, it was amazing that your endocrinologist recognized your symptoms right from the get go and you were diagnosed mm -hmm. early, which often that is not the story that we hear. No, um, it's not. <laughs> right. But you are, you used often, you know, you, you based on how you feel. If we don't, feel well, we're not well, you know, just like, you know, you use the words, if I don't eat well, I don't feel well. Well, if we don't feel well, there's prob, there's probably a good chance. It's a cortisol issue. Right. So like you said, you've been waking yeah. up nauseous again. And so, and now it's kind of been confirmed through blood work that, you know, it's, it's very possible that your cortisol is going low because of the struggles that you're going through right now. So it needs exactly. to be managed. Yeah. We need to follow up. We're always going to be following up on this illness and we're always going to have to be putting those pieces of the puzzle together and it's you know find your blessings in this world we are so lucky that we have social media we have we're so lucky that we can connect we're so lucky that you can access your blood work you can do your blood work and you know now something's wrong right yeah no. find the resources that are available to you and if you're not somebody who can you know some people just can't manage those things some people aren't you know find somebody in your life that maybe can do that for you and to help you out there are people in our worlds that that like you said there's people in your world people in your world that have left that it's just not part of their journey with you and then there's people that you know are there to support you and they want to do things for us and um yes so many so many things you have learned in such a short short period of time <laughs> so, yeah so, so you're going to rest, you're going to reevaluate your, your nutrition, your cortisol levels, and you're just going to keep going forward, right? Yeah. I'm going to come back stronger. That's for sure. <laughs> now, are you in your first year? I am. 
I'm a sophomore. Yeah. Um, so second year. Okay. Second year. Okay. Yeah. So we, we use different terms here in Canada. So no. Okay. So I'm a second year. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> you would have said sophomore and I would have gone, okay, what is that? So, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Cause I mean, we're in the same time zone, but, but yeah, but we, completely different. it's completely different. So, um, so is there anything, so some of the things, again, I, I want to repeat some of these things that I've heard you say, um, that you you're prepared. Um, if I don't eat well, I don't feel well. I got to keep saying that one. I think I'm going to write that one on my fridge and (laughs) (laughs) I need to do that too. (laughs) You know, I, I do pretty good, but you know, some days we're all human. We, we all, we all, um, we all deserve not to eat well sometimes. So, and, um, and you know what, and I think even this one is something, if you need a quote to put someplace that you read it all the time, take, um, Imogen's quote, it's beautiful in its own way. And just remind yourself it's beautiful in its own way. And I, I believe that when you start just kind of repeating that to yourself, even when you're having a hard day with this, um, just really try and feel it. And you're going to kind of feel that power and that strength to, um, to see, see the good that's there because, you know, on days when we're not seeing the good (laughs) and we're frustrated and we're scared, um, it's still there. And Mm -hmm. we just need to, we just need to pause, take a breath and, and remind ourselves that we have a very supportive community and family and friends out there to support us on our journeys. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story with us. I truly appreciate it. And I'm so glad your dad reached out. And again, check out Team Addison uh, USA. And like I said, there's Team Addison Canada, there's Germany, Sweden, there's all kinds of different divisions out there. So no matter where you're listening, see if you can find one and reach out to them because they are such a positive uh, group of people that are just, you know, inspiring to live full active lives with adrenal insufficiency. Oh, and we have merch. So <laughs> and, they have, and they have merch. So make sure you get your merch. And, um, and yeah, and just the more we can get the awareness out there, just bit by bit, it's going to make a big difference for all of us. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. I really like sharing my story. And I, I like touching other people's hearts. I think it's really important. Well, I'm very excited about the journey you are on, because I think you are going to change incredible number of lives. And I've mentioned before, you know, we're watching my daughter right now. She's 19. She's your age. And you have come into my world at the right time because she's away at school and she hasn't been feeling well. And we're just trying to catch the blood work at the right time to see what's going on with her. And yeah, but it's very inspiring to hear your story. And um, because even though I live with this and I know she's going to be okay, I'm still a mom and I still worry. So um, I can look at it from that perspective. So thank you for giving me that hope back into my world. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the goal. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Imogen's story here today. And if you're interested in being a guest and sharing your story here in the pickle jar, please go to my website, chroniclyfitcanada.com. And until next time, please be well, my pickles. <laughs>